Hi ho ladies and gentlemen, this is Dylan the Broda all the way here in Czech Republic. I'm in Prague celebrating the fifth wedding anniversary for myself and the lucky lady. And I got on Skype here with the rebel himself, stuck in the old Espo, I guess outside of Helsinki, wonderful area there. How you doing, Buckaroonie? Well, actually, I'm I'm up visiting my dad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad, uh, my mom, my mom died in um, October this past year, and uh, so my dad is a widower, and uh, always, you know, I'm the only son, I'm the only child in this family, so always got to come up, got to remember your dad, man. That's right. Say hi to him for me if you can. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, and uh, congratulations on your five year anniversary. Thank you very much. Let's try to get to another five. Yeah. You know, nowadays, <laughs> that's the thing. My parents, my parents, I have to say, were married yeah. for 52 years, right? All now, right. 52 is, that's, you know, that's post-golden anniversary stuff because uh, we're talking about, you know, nobody hardly nowadays makes it past 15, right? So that's right. it's like, it's we're living in this day and age of... Uh, Easy in, easy out, fast food culture, and it seems like relationships. It's like there's just no glue, there's no adhesion, there's no like, there's no there's no conviction anymore. Like people just don't want to commit, and and yeah. uh, and it's you know when you see these old timers that you know they've been together through thick and thin and and um, all this. And I have to give props to my mom because the thing is that you know back in the day. I know this is going to rub some people the wrong way because we're living in this PC era, of, you know, this political correctness and all this bull crap. Uh, but my mom was a was a very traditional woman, like a stay at home mom. She was uh, she was the uh, how could you say the homemaker type? Yeah. And uh, my father was clearly the head of the house. Always was. There was no question about who was the leader, who was the boss. And my parents both preferred it that way, right? So I was brought up under the old regime of the way that things used to be for hundreds upon hundreds of years, or I would say thousands upon thousands. Of course, nowadays, you know, we've met, missed or messed up the uh, the actual infrastructure of family relationships and intergender relationships to the point where, like, nobody's leading the, the charge. And, and that's why mm-hmm. I think, like, also relationships are failing miserably. But uh, my mom... You know, when she was still around uh, and then when she was healthy, she had Alzheimer's for about maybe nine, ten years. And and she got hit with a stroke 13 years back, but um, which kind of like set everything off. But uh, when she was healthy and she was still up and going, you know, the uh, there were there were women that that in her uh, circle of how could you say, like acquaintances and friends that wanted her to take more of a, a. how could you say like a bossy approach to the relationship? You know, they were trying to get her to become more like feminist minded and, uh, you know, and, and be like a modern woman where take charge and put your man in his place kind of thing. And she said, she said, no, I refuse to be that kind of woman. I do not want to do that. I don't, I don't want to be that kind of person. Um, and 
she said that I don't want to jeopardize my my relationship. I want I want to be happy. I want to be. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I have I have a good relationship with a good man, and I want to be happy. And 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 she chose to be the uh, the traditional, you know, the 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 wife that supports her husband and the, the things that that uh, he does. And uh, my dad, he was a preacher, and uh, moved all around North America for a long time. And and that was the that was the way things went. You know, and and uh, so in in that said, I was just thinking about like you know anniversaries and whatnot. And uh, five years is great. Fifty years is also great. And yeah. uh, and the, and the thing is that like to to last the distance, to go the distance, you know, it requires something special. I think it really requires that people in the relationship know what their role is. You know, because I think mm. you know. Everybody, you know, there is a role. Every single like company has a role. Every single relationship has a role. Whether it's a working relationship or a romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship or whatever, there are there are certain roles that that have to be filled for things to work and to operate, uh, you know, smoothly. You yeah. Say. So I think that you know, just a just a little segue here. This that this was a public service announcement for everybody. <laughs> um, that just just to uh, look back on a, a fifty plus year. Uh, marriage between my mother and my father in light of Dylan's five-year anniversary, which is uh, tremendous. You're out in the Czech Republic. How is it out there, by the way? Yeah, we had some like pretty insane, beautiful days. The last two days were up in the 27 degrees Celsius areas and, you know, like clear blue skies. Today is a little bit on the cloudy, which is actually a relief that uh, the temperature dropped down. I think it's going to be 17 today, which is like a beautiful Finnish summer. So, you know, I'm, but it makes it really comfortable to walk around and uh, the people here are really friendly. The mm. hotel we're at is, uh, is quite beautiful and um, in a really nice part of town. And yeah, I mean, like this city, Prague, is just really well kept. It's clean. I mean, they could work on, work on recycling, I guess. Uh, everything just goes to the trash. But hey, I guess I'm too used to the, the Finnish way that like, even you know everything has a, a different place in the, in the mm-hmm. somewhere, but um, but yeah, I mean it's it's beautiful, it's fun, it's the food is great. We went to this restaurant last night that was in a cave, and I had Boy, some geez. pork back ribs that were marinated. It was just just amazing food, and uh, the atmosphere was out of this world. And the cost was like almost going to McDonald's in Finland. So. <laughs> You yeah, know, that's, what I I was, uh, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Wow. So nice. I recommend anybody out there, and uh, if you're in Finland or anywhere in Europe, I mean, the flight to Prague is really, if you get it at the right time, it's it's not bad at all. And I'm used to being from Toronto, so any kind of like going to Europe was, uh, you needed to, you know, save money for the the last six months, you know, to get the flight tickets and hotel and everything all all dialed in there but you know that's the great part for me one of them anyway of living in europe is that uh, all these wonderful destinations are super like these airlines are competing like crazy so there's sometimes you can get these like 25 euro one-way flights you know and you're you're off to london or stockholm or uh, yeah. you know berlin or wherever so it's uh it's great, and uh, it's, I'm really uh, fortunate to be able to to do all these things and enjoy all these uh, different cultures and and uh, styles and 
tastes and you know ev everything in between that but uh, I guess today we're talking about wrestling again as we do so so wonderfully and um, must we must we speak of wrestling again <laughs> yeah. yeah I know eh? wrestling is everywhere I actually I was trying to look and see if there's any uh, wrestling promotion in Prague but I, I couldn't find much in this particular city but uh, not not far away from Hungary where that HCW and David Truger is uh, hanging out and promoting some amazing shows so um, but yeah the uh, the wrestling world the pro wrestling world is bubbling this week as it seems to do every single week of this 2019 especially and uh, I just wanted to we I think we it would be great to talk about this NXT call-up stuff because uh, I know that's uh, that is big on people's lips and everything right now. But um, before we get into that, I wanted to just give some news and hear your thoughts or you know ideas about it. But um, I mean, one of the bigger news uh, uh, elements is that uh, Dean Malenko, the man of a thousand holds, like one of my favorite, uh, I guess. Um, wrestlers uh, when i was growing up and started watching actually i guess i found him in wcw and you know seeing his uh stuff with chris benoit and you know even teaming with chris benoit i thought what a team you know unstoppable i think they were the ecw tag team champions at one point and um anyway dean malenko's had a unbelievable career and for the last eight years i guess was um in the backstage of uh wwe doing some bookings and agenting on matches and i think also um possibly talent searching as well mm -hmm. being a scout and and uh no doubt i i bet some of the greatest things that you've seen in the wwe for the past eight years in terms of booking and, and agents i bet it was you know had a hand from malenko himself uh, i think he's just a, a wonderful mind and a great talent and and everything like that, and uh, now he's decided to resign. Uh, he's 58 years old, I believe, and uh, I guess he's on to bigger and brighter things, or just a maybe a different change of pace, but um, he resigned, and uh, I think immediately, almost on the same day the news broke, uh, he got announced that he's uh, appearing at StarCast 2 in Las Vegas, the... Uh, humongous wrestling convention just before AEW's Double or Nothing event. So, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts about uh, Malenko there parting ways with uh, the big machine? Well, I think that, like, everything has a time and a place. Uh, so, like, nothing is forever. But um, there's some shakeups happening right now, I mean, with WWE. I think that Vince, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's his, like, him in his old age. I'm not sure if it's just him kind of kind of like getting antsy and going off the cuff, but it seems like there's a lot of tension right now behind mm. the scenes in WWE. I heard that Vince is not happy with uh, EC3 and how his uh, and how he's been, I guess, progressing or developing on the main roster. It's it's he's just not catching fire, right? And with the with a body like that, you know, like. The next John weird. Cena kind of body, yeah, you know, it's like you're you're almost hoping and praying that that's going to be one of your lead guys, but he's he's just not he's just not there. No, I'm mm. just he's you know there's you, you can you, you just look at the way the guy moves and the way the guy wrestles. 
you can just see that he's not really that WWE guy. It's it's mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but like you know, he's just not that guy. You know. Well, um, True. anyway, so the thing is that I think that there's a with Arn Anderson leaving just a while ago. Yeah, that's true. From, yeah, from the agent side and his good buddy uh, Dean Malenko now, I guess, following suit. I guess maybe it's just there's a certain internal change of the guard or a collapse or a certain like, you know, it's like Chris Jericho was saying that uh, it's it's not like WWE is the only show in town anymore. Mm, and it's like that you have options to go and to make it if you're good enough to mm. make it outside of WWE, you know? And it's like, like Tessa Blanchard, look at her, you know, she yeah. went to impact, you know, she could have, she was in that May young classic tournament. Yeah. And, uh, that first one against Kyrie Sane uh, in the first round. But the thing is that, you know, she could have signed probably with WWE. I mean, you'd think that she could have signed with them being like a second gen- or third generation uh, superstar. Yeah. But no, you know, she went with Impact for of, of all companies that I guess, you know, they're in, their, in, in the rebuilding phase, but they don't have the greatest reputation out there, you know, as far as like what's True, happened yeah. in the past few years. I so guess, anyway, yeah, my, right. yeah, just my point, my point being that, like now you've got options. You've got like you you've got top stars in wrestling that are known in the wrestling business. If you're a wrestling fan, you will know who these people are. And uh, so here is where Vince loses some leverage. Not I don't I'm not sure how much leverage, but he loses some. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's an interesting it's an interesting concept. I mean, do you think that? Um, I mean, I guess in that way, Dean Malenko, maybe it could be tied into there where, you know, you have Malenko uh, re, uh, resigning from the company entirely. And then um, you had uh, Road Dog. He was the, I guess, one of the head writers or if not the head writer of SmackDown. And he's actually resigned that position. I'm pretty sure he's sticking with the company, but he's, uh, he's I guess, left the head writing position. And there was the rumor Rumors that he was frustrated and, you know, would write something and then just before going on air, you know, it would be nixed by Vince or somebody uh, like higher than him and like just kind of a Band-Aid, you know, idea stuck over top and, you know, and and that idea generally would have not gone over, you know, and uh, somebody who's in a creative role, I mean, whether they're a wrestler or whether they're a writer or a booker or, a, you know, an agent, it's, uh, do you think that this um, kind of, it seems as though there's a feeling of lack of creativity in WWE and, uh, you know, wrestlers, I mean, um, this ability to, you know, just kind of go out there and do your thing and when somebody somebody else is kind of telling you you can't do your thing you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to say this and you got to say that and you know not maybe something completely different to what you would feel comfortable with um in your skill set you know do you think it's it's like that kind of thing that is uh, frustrating all of these uh, people and even like Sasha Banks um you know, she's uh, saying that she's not content 
with her role there. I'm not so sure if it's if it's on the work side of things, but you know, and then Dean Ambrose, he's uh, kind of lost the passion for pro wrestling and seems as though he wants to step out of it for at least a while and doing not resigning and and all that jazz. And, um, like, do you think that that, this kind of like lack of creativity is the, the main crooks to this kind of recent, um, I, I don't, I don't know how would you say not mutiny, but you know, people kind of, uh, at least understanding that they, they don't have to be in WWE. And, uh, now that there is other options and that, you know, some, at some level, these independent workers are being paid enough to, or sometimes even just the same as being on a WWE contract. That you know that the creativity outside of the WWE is like more enticing. You know, would you? Well, yeah. I mean, that? the thing is, it's like I just listened uh, on the ride up. I was coming to my dad's place last night, in the middle of the night. I was driving, and I listened to uh, Talk is Jericho with Tessa Blanchard. And she was talking about the, the fact that in TNA or like in, in not, it's not impact, TNA anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's now it's impact. Yeah. But in, in impact, she has the creative freedom to do what she wants with her character. Mm. Uh, she, she has, I guess, like autonomy in that way with her character, pretty much more or less. Um, and that is, that's a good place to be. I mean, I, that's actually one reason why I think that by the way, and also, like in hindsight, being 2020, why WCW went down is because they had guys like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, who had also that absolute autonomy over their characters. And and if you can come, if you can show up for work on Mondays, you know, Monday nights, mm. and say, uh, no, nah, that's not what I want to do, you know, yeah, it's and, and then the writing team or whoever the bookers have to, you know give you that freedom because that's in your contract, mm, then you're screwed. So in that way, I understand Vince's, you know, path or his way of doing things. Because the thing is that, uh, for better or for worse, you know, who's the boss. Yeah. Right. True. You know, it's, it's, it's like, there's no confusion at the end of the day, whether, you know, when it comes to like to head cutting time, there's going to be a head cutter. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, you know, for some people, that's a bad thing. For some people, that's a good thing. But at least you know where you stand. And uh, you, there's no confusion as to like, well, you know, this guy doesn't want to do this and that guy does, doesn't want to do that. Well, who do we go to now to work this thing out? Right. So, yeah. Anyway, be yeah. that as it may. Um, True, yeah. And I'll just touch uh, again on this StarCast 2 event that's uh, taking place on May 23rd through 26th in Las Vegas just ahead of that uh, All Elite Wrestling's uh, first official event, Double or Nothing. StarCast is technically not um, uh, a product of AEW. It's uh, affiliated there. I guess they are kind of helping each other out. And um, in all that, it's it's kind of, uh, I guess, a fan event. And um, it's Conrad Thompson, who's, um, I guess... Like, uh, he's when they did the all in show that they did this star cast one that, um, that he, Conrad Thompson, he's basically a fan, um, super fan kind of dude who, uh, 
who put on this convention, and I guess they are, like, again, helping each other out. But uh, they had booked The Undertaker and Kurt Angle to appear there, and everything seemed to be going fine. And then uh, recently, I guess um, there was some contract uh, issues with The Undertaker and Kurt Angle, and they have both been pulled. And uh, it seems as though WWE has actually been the reason for them that uh, they had... Uh, not wanted them to appear at this event and seems as though uh, the Undertaker at least had signed, I think around in February a new deal with WWE however that might be but it had allowed him to do any events that he had uh, I guess uh, obligations to uh, before he had signed the WWE deal that was in theory, however, the WWE seems to have pressured that he wouldn't do such a thing. Same with Kurt Angle. Um, so, but it seems as though, like even this Conrad Thompson, who's the head there, says uh, in a quote that um, I had an agreement in place with the talent. Without exception, I dealt directly with the talent or their management. They set the terms and I complied. First-class level accommodations were made and marketing was done. Now, thanks to the influence of WWE, the performers are missing out on substantial income and their fans are being punished. So it seems as though, you know, it's right out there that WWE uh, doesn't want them to appear. Well, let me say this. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, Jim Ross now, is is signed with AEW. That's now right. Jim Ross back in the day when if you want to think about how important is Jim Ross to the wrestling industry. Mm. Um Bill Watts, my favorite like wrestling promoter of all time uh, from yeah. Mid-South Wrestling and UWF. He said back in the day that that uh Jim Ross was his right-hand man. Jim Ross is the guy that got him syndicated like on syndicated television in different yeah. markets all around America. And, and UWF was fast growing in early 87, I would say, late 86, early 87. Uh, to They would have been like, like AWA was on the way down, American Wrestling Association, Vern Gagne. And, and they, it was like NWA was still there. Um, WWE was there, of course, WWF at the time. And then UWF would have been the third like big one at that point because of the syndication that they were getting because they were getting nationwide coverage right now right after that the oil crunch hit and uh then of course because bill watts was in these oil states it's his business went down because all of the uh, subsidiary business around him of course suffered and then you know you got your sponsors and your funders and all their you know bank accounts are dropping out mm. anyway my, my point my point being that jim ross is the guy that got him syndicated now, have you heard that from November onwards, AEW is going to be signed or has been signed already to Ted Turner's WTBS yeah. and the affiliate stations? So therefore, now what I see here is Jim Ross has gotten into the mix and he still wants to be a part of pro wrestling. He's got a lot to offer and now his hands are not tied anymore. Now he's going to show his colors. He's going to say, oh, listen, this is what I can do. And mm-hmm. I think this is Jim Ross is doing. I think when Jim Ross jumped on board with AEW, 
I'm sure that he went to Tony Khan. He said, well, listen, I can help you people. And Tony Khan's a millionaire. No, he's a billionaire, right? He's got, right. I, I guess their, their net worth, that Khan family net worth is much over that of Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they have a, a lack of funds. And if they want to put the money in, now when they got all the chips in place, when they got the right people in the right positions, uh, I think some things are going to start happening here, man. Yeah. And, and that's where Vince is going to be very, very wary. He's got to be scared. He's got to be running for his life a little bit, at least like he's got to be chomping at the bit. What's going to happen? Because now he's got competition for the first time in 20 years. He's got competition. And mm-hmm. now he's got a situation where even though they don't have television yet, like AEW, what they have is they have the infrastructure in place. It's kind of like going to war. It's kind of like knowing that North Korea has the has the bomb, right? Mm-hmm. And they can pull the plug or they can press the button at any time. And just knowing that they have the bomb, okay? It's a small little country compared to the U.S. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's my whole point. This is a great parallel. Because if you think that somebody has the infrastructure and you know that if they just want to press that button, something's going to happen. There you well, go. that's the, that's your situation right now. And that's why I think guys like Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, uh, these other guys and girls that are unhappy with the WWE, they're unhappy with uh, their contracts or whatever, maybe even Sasha Banks, maybe she'll sit out the rest of her contract. I don't know. Mm. But it seems like come November, that's when the next wrestling war is going to light up. And if that's the case, I can understand Vince now uh, drawing, like withdrawing his contracted talents like The Undertaker, like Kurt Angle, and saying that, listen, these, I'm, uh, you know, I've got prerogative here. I've, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to expand uh, the scope of our uh, mutual understanding. <laughs> if you understand yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. and and he's good and he's gonna start uh manipulating uh to 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 draw away the aces like in any way shape or form uh mm-hmm. from his competition i would i would say totally and uh, i think that if anybody has um any historical i guess knowledge of pro- professional wrestling this is not even like that bad I mean, the cutthroat, um, you know, backstabbing, like, horror stuff that you would yeah, ECW was even around, so early 2000s, or I guess late 1990s. Like, th- there was some shit going on there that uh, that you wouldn't believe. So, you know, to me, that just these guys pulling out kind of, Probably playing, getting getting played with the loyalty card, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's pretty uh, tame in terms of uh, when this actual war, if you would think it might turn into a war, when that will actually start. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes down this time around. Um, but um, another guy who uh, has been removed from StarCast 2... However, for very understandable and different reasons, is uh, one of the all-time absolute legends, greatest um, in that greatest of all-time pool, Terry Funk, who was scheduled to appear 
uh, he has uh, he actually went and sat down had a coffee with the uh, Conrad Thompson who's the uh, Starcast two or Starcast I guess a coordinator or owner of the event and he just said that his wife has recently died as everybody knows in that I guess field and he thought he could uh, do the event but he said it's too soon for him and he's still he's still hurting from the death of his wife and he's going to have to pull out of this one this time and uh, possibly do something in the future but uh, definitely I feel for the guy I know that um, that Terry from you know I don't know him personally but uh, that he's a very emotional and and uh, wonderful human being from everybody that I have uh, met that has met him and so you know I feel for him and I guess it's the right decision especially uh, if you don't want to be uh, I guess too soon in, in a public space where people are crowding around you you know in a way celebrating you I, I don't know if it would uh, some people maybe that's that's a, a healing mechanism but other people maybe it's just going to open some wounds and things so you know, condolences for Terry, if we didn't say it already, and, um, and yeah, so, um, but yeah, I think it's a, like, a, a good move, and I think all the fans would understand that he won't be appearing there. Well, before we go into the NXT call-ups, uh, we'll just grab a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Estrada Creative Helsinki, your brand and story with the strength of modern marketing. Social media gets your brand and message in your audience's hands, and your story with the boost of marketing and videography is your strongest means of persuasion. That's where Estrada Creative Helsinki gets involved. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Estrada Creative Helsinki. Marco Simonen offers photography and video production for business and marketing. In addition, Editorial and portrait work welcome. For more, see marcosimonen.com. That's M A R K O S I M O N E N.com. Skip is the oldest sports supplement brand out of Europe since the 1970s. Engineered by professors, doctors, and scientists at Sweden's leading medical university, Karolinska Institute, Skip products are pharmaceutical grade, meaning that they are the highest quality available on the market today. Meaning they work. If you're after results, you wouldn't put low-octane gas in a turbocharged high-end sports car engine, would you? Neither would you put junk-quality supplements into your body as an athlete. All Skip products are first tested amongst top athletes to ensure their efficiency. Choose the best. Skip Nutrition. That's skip.fi. S-K-I-P dot F-I. Red Skull Hot Sauce. Fiery sauce focused on flavor. Made by a Canadian in Helsinki. Awesome sauce in a sweet-ass skull bottle. That's Red Skull Hot Sauce. R-E-D-D Skull Hot Sauce. On Facebook and Instagram. Are you looking to boost your social media game to the next level? Then go to at Earl Creative Media on Facebook and Instagram for an affordable, professional, creative content provider that can suit your needs. That's Earl Creative Media on Facebook and Instagram. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen. So this we've got uh, the NXT call-ups that we're going to be going through this week because the thing is that we got some pretty good parallels to draw from last year. Uh, We had a bunch of call-ups last year amongst them. Ember Moon, No Way Jose, Sanity, Iconics, Andrade, uh, Zelina Vega, AOP, Leo Rush, Buddy Murphy, and Drew McIntyre. Now, this year, so far, the call-ups that I'm aware of that that I can recall now off the top of my head um, are Lacey Evans, Lars Sullivan, EC3, Nikki Cross, Heavy Machinery, uh, Viking Raiders, or whatever they called them, the Viking Experience, or whatever they're called now. Yeah, they it, went through the like whole, a thousand different name changes in a week, I think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess the, the former War Raiders now, anyway, from NXT, the tag team champs, anyway. So now it's it's kind of weird. Now they're doing this Worlds Collide thing, by the way, where, where it's like all the different WWE sub brands. They're involved like in these inter brand matches. And, and I think mm. they're really trying to push hard, like the familiarity of each of their different brands, like the 205 Lives, the NXTs, NXT UKs, etc., etc. Um, they're trying to draw them into the more mainstream spotlight because the thing is that obviously that is their future. They're, those are like the feeders, the feeder systems that they have in place mm. for their Raw and SmackDown brands. Anyway, so yeah, Alexander. Uh, sorry, uh, Alistair Black um, and Ricochet um, and also Kyrie Sane just got called up now. So those are mm-hmm. your 2019 call-ups. Now, Dylan, what do you think? Uh, if you're looking back at how they were utilized and what their potential was in, NX- in NXT last year, the last year's call-ups, mm-hmm. I mean, you could see that Drew McIntyre, now he's he's done the best of all. I mean, I think second best uh obviously andrade he's he's yeah. done rather, rather well too i mean it's uh, it's taken a bit of time for him to really like climb but um he's been profiled well he's been featured quite well um but otherwise last year's call-ups mm-hmm. like sanity just fell through the cracks man it's like there's yeah. like there, there's nothing there it didn't mean a Disappear. damn thing yeah yeah no way yeah. jose what did that ever yeah. mean exactly I think that, um, like, No Way Jose, unfortunately, he's, like, um, down with the name. I've always said, at least, you know, I like the name. I think it's a great, great name, but I think it works uh, more on maybe NXT or, or, you know, Ring of Honor, this kind of more indie-oriented audience, kind of like in the same, I always said the name sounds to me like El Generico, where I also loved the name, I loved the character, but yeah. I think there's a reason why Sami Zayn is Sami Zayn and not El Generico in, uh, well, he's been in WWE, because it's pretty obvious that that uh, gimmick doesn't work in this mainstream wrestling audience. You know, Maybe it, it would work for a moment, but there's no longevity for that character to reach the top. You know, where in Ring not, of Honor... Not, not with that name. Not with no, that name. No. And in, in Ring of Honor and indie promotions, definitely, and he did reach the top. You know, everybody, he was one of the most loved and favorite uh, characters, and he's an amazing wrestler. Um, Canadian boy as well. So, um, but the thing is, in the mainstream, the mainstream people don't always get uh, what happens on the indies. 
You know what I mean? So, and the indie wrestling, I guess, uh, fans, they accept uh, quite a different uh, style. And I think No Way Jose, with the name, I think that it is part of it, that, um, that his name is kind of... Uh, held him back in a way and it's hard in that you know because can, can you really see like wwe universal champion no way jose you know i don't think no. i could see it unfortunately and i don't i think the guy's talented and i think that uh, uh the gimmick is really cool and everything but not not on this uh, mainstream wrestling audience unfortunately you know well the thing is that if you look at the other ones, you know, like the last year, Ember Moon, I mean, she was the mm-hmm. NXT Women's Champion. She was red hot. People really liked her. And she kind of like just got lost in the shuffle in on yeah. the main roster. Um, I think like now with this past WrestleMania, this year's WrestleMania and that Women's Battle Royal, they tried to feature her more prominently there um, to, to really give people the impression that she had a really good chance at winning that thing. Um, but she's still, she's kind of stuck in limbo there. Like right now Mm -hmm. she, she hasn't really found, found her voice or her sea legs on the main roster. And it's like, I'm surprised. I'm really with her. I'm surprised with the iconics now being like, becoming women's i don't quite understand why i don't think that they're all that ready uh billy k payton royce Mm -hmm. um i'm not sure if it's just because they're australian they need to get like you know some international blood into the main spotlight i'm not sure if that's the reason uh but they i don't see their work in the ring being anything near what I would expect from a, a champion in WWE, yeah. um, their their shtick is is annoying. That iconics thing, it's it's really mm-hmm. annoying the way. And on top of that, it's uh, it's not the kind of heat that like that you want to. How could you say that you want to? Um, it's it's kind of like more so go home heat, like go away right. heat, mm-hmm. right? It's not so much the good heat where it's like the Terry Funk kind of heat, you know, heel heat, yeah, or, yeah. Abdul, or Abdullah the Butcher type of heel heat, or you know, something like, along those lines. Anyway, right. well, so the Iconics, but they've done, they've done all right. They've kind of like uh, up until they won those tag straps at Mania, they were just there. They they just didn't do anything all that notable or all that like newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like for them to get those straps, it was like out of nowhere and I'm not sure what it means. So that, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll AOP, find out. Yeah. AOP, same thing. It's like they, they were brought up to the main roster. They were killers in NXT. They were like these monsters and, Boy, you drop Paul Ellering out of the picture and you put Rockstar Spud in there with that Drake Maverick guy. Mm. It's like, I don't see the magic. I I didn't see that doing any favors for anybody. Yeah, I agree with you. And, um, you know, this this thing with the... um, 
the uh, I guess uh, War Machine or War Raiders, Viking Experience, Viking Raiders, and now mm-hmm. I think that the, they I don't know if they've even settled on it yet, but I believe now they are called uh, the Viking Warriors. So, really? Yeah, I think that they have changed it again to Viking Warriors. So, something I guess Vince really loved this Viking thing. So uh, you know, it's uh, and the Viking experience. I mean, that to me, I, I really don't understand. You know, I, I didn't. I never liked the Viking Raiders, to be honest with you. But I understood. You know, maybe they are not. Uh, they can't use War Machine. There's you know, comic book character named War Machine. There's probably a whole bunch of other things. That are you know maybe they want us just stay away from. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cool war raiders, whatever. I think it doesn't to me it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. But mm. it's not it's not so bad. But then Viking experience. I, I one uh, YouTuber reviewer guy Rasslin and Ranton. He made a great comment that uh, uh, it sounded like a Disneyland ride. You know. Like, everybody hop aboard the Viking experience, you know, just a, just a terrible name. Then, you know, Viking Raiders, I think that's like a pretty good, you know, okay, we can stop there. And I think everybody will be fine with, with that name. And then Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, I mean, you never know if it's going to stick, but this Viking Warriors, uh, well, I don't know. Let's uh, see. I think to me. It's killed that team. Uh, this name business has just killed them. And uh, I really, really hope they can... I mean, the, you know... And I think they've changed uh, the guy's actual um, working names as well. And um, uh, At least the other one now is Eric. Right. So uh, they're trying to get some more, like, you know, kind of classic Viking names or something like that, I guess. Or that... Um, yeah, no, they changed both names to uh, Ivar or Ivar and Eric. Oh, really? Hansen uh, oh. is Ivar. Oh, yes. or, yeah, oh. and then Roe is uh, Eric. So Wonderful. Interesting idea there, I guess, but um, man, let's... Uh, Let me say this. So for WWE to actually debut... Uh, or to call up some new guys from their feeder system and put them on national television and then not have any idea, no clue what to do with these guys. It's so unvince. It's so unprofessional that it's, it's like them telling the world, we have no clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say exactly, uh, you know, that they don't know how to, uh, to market these guys. Which is really strange to me, since to me, this is like a pure, purely simple WWE, uh, perfect uh, tag team. You know, that should be super duper easy to market these guys, especially you know for Vince. That they've had tag teams. This is kind of like such a golden opportunity. You know, their tag team division has been mostly like made up of just kind of smashed together teams and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and here's like a proven world renowned um you know great wrestling team that has a 
you know, flushed out gimmick. They look great, you know, in terms of, you know, their their whole thing. They are they are a good looking wrestling team where, you know, they're just in in that funny con- contradictory language that they're two big burly ugly dudes, you know, that are just going to mess you up, you know. And I think this is like a how could you screw it up and almost as though they just don't know what they want to do and it's it's just weird you know i don't know is it all like is there some plan here that actually that we're not seeing or yeah. or what but i think to me that this name change ki- killed them in the eyes of the uh, mainstream audience that it's going to now take them a while to to get their sea legs and and for people to actually care about them cuz nobody you know nobody will know what to call them so yeah, the thing is that either this is an angle where it's like they're working reality. They're they're just trying to work the system and, and have people talk. Mm. Or then they obviously just have lost the ball and they've deflated this team now. They've damaged them, as you said. Um, well, time will tell, but um, it is what yeah, it is. True. Heavy, heavy machinery also on the main roster now. Um, their tag team scene on that main roster is so convoluted it's almost like nothing really means much of anything with the tag teams it's like they're there to fill time they don't even as champions they don't quite mean much really anything if you can look at the 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 tag team champions in the past let's say 10 years if you can name any tag team that's as a champion or even just as a tag team on the main roster that's really meant anything to business or been a standout breakout uh attraction mm-hmm. shoot tell me tell me now who comes yeah. to mind <laughs> well name one yeah on the main roster i i can't tell you i mean like the bar i think kind of slowly maybe got into a fan favorite spot and uh but then again i, I can't say that they would have been like a huge deal uh, of course the revival is a great working team and they are a really great team but they never got I, it just seems like so many times have they um, kind of made the tag team division a joke that I think, you know, putting the title belts defense on the pre-shows of pay-per-views and uh, putting like a whatever that Nicholas, you know, dude in there with Braun Strowman basically, you know, just the one guy could destroy the entire tag team division was you know, pretty sad. And so I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, there is none (laughs) as far as I can remember from the main roster. Like the only team that comes to mind that has any sea legs, like over this last 10 year period is the Usos. But even then, they're they're not a must see attraction. They're just there. They're like somebody that you put on the card to fill a slot, Uh but they're not, they're not going to be the guys that I've never seen them be positioned in in a way that they would be the attraction that people want to see. Yeah. In other words, they're not they're not the headliners, they're not the main event, and they're not your lead guys. So it's like they're there for a reason, just to fill time and to, just to you know embellish the story. But outside of that, like what has it really meant to business? And this is really where with like with uh, the Viking Raiders or war experience or whatever you want to call them, the war raiders. Um, 
This is yeah. uh, this 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 is one of your chances where you can bring up an actual tag team that has been established and and really try once again to bring back the eighties. You know, like when it was mm-hmm. the Bulldogs, when it was the Killer Bees, when it was the Road Warriors, the Heart Foundation, blah blah blah. You know, these yeah. were team actual teams, yeah. and. Uh, you could try to revive that if you wanted to, but I'm not sure that uh, maybe that's just not in the cards. Maybe yeah. they're just not interested in in tag team wrestling. It's kind of like managers. Where mm-hmm. the hell did managers go? You know, like, well, true. managers managers got killed by valets because in the in the '90s, mm-hmm. the late '90s, we had all these chicks come in with their silicone boobs, and and at that point, is even as they're nice to look at, but are you know are they Bobby Heenan? No, mm-hmm. are they? Go. Are they uh, even Mr. Fuji? No. Yeah, Jim Are they T.J. Dillon? Jim Cornette? No. Yeah. So it's like they don't they don't fill that void. What they fill is that eye candy position where it's mm. like they're nice to look at, but that's it. And I remember like back in the late nineties, early two thousands, especially the late nineties, it's like every guy had some chick coming to the ring with them. Everybody had somebody, and it was mm-hmm. like just overkill, absolute schmoz overkill but anyway just that said my point being that um the wrestling business has changed quite a bit so uh, for us to uh hope for let's you know like a resurgence in either tag teams or managers i think is maybe a moot point at this point possibly i mean i mean there is the i guess the only teams now that i'm thinking about it like the usos as you said you know they're they're a good tag team and then there's the new day you know, that is, I guess, a, a group with, uh, you know, a, a tag team kind of inside there. And they have been, them and, uh, I guess, the bar. But the, the thing is, then, there's no competition. You, you can't have a tag team division with, like, two basic tag team groups that are just kind of passing the belt around and on different shows. And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, definitely doesn't, doesn't do anything. So there's no, there's, there's no depth. There's no depth. There's no competition. There's no depth. Yeah. Anyway. So like the other speaking of teams, Alistair Black Ricochet now been made a team on the main roster. They've actually been broken up now in this. uh, Oh, have they? Well, yeah, well, they won. Yeah. 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 Seems as though they've, uh, like, I don't, I don't know if it's a for good thing, but seems as though now they're, now they're at singles. They had, um, was it Bobby Roode? Uh, go against Ricochet kind of on his first singles match on um, was it would it be Smackdown and um, oddly enough Bobby Roode uh, beat Ricochet and uh, there's a lot of people calling uh, calling it a really bad booking situation there where you got this young star you know up and coming and here's this big first match and you want to make a big impression and he loses right away so kind of uh you know, what good is he now? I mean, yeah, Bobby Roode is, you know, fantastic and he's, but he's been on like a, a lull recently. So, you oh, know, geez. so it, it's kind of like a, it makes this conundrum of like, you know, where, like, how would you have booked that match? And I mean, it brings up to me the point of the old, the good old days when you had like, you know, Jimbo Jones from, you know, the lobby, basically, the, you know, coming out there with no music, he's like, already in the ring, you know, that guy, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. the jobber, you know, where that, this yeah. is the kind of perfect, 
moment that you need that uh, the job position that you know whether those guys that's their job and they'd come out and they they let the new up-and-coming star get a win and doesn't hurt anybody else on the roster but this to me hurt ricochet pretty bad i mean maybe the way that they're booking of like wins and losses don't matter but uh i don't know yeah they they should like (laughs) like at least in fan perception terms Mm. the wins and losses that's why they had super cena all those years ago right that's why john cena is now the babe ruth of wwe that's because he he was profiled that was like hulk hogan back in the day that he was undefeatable for like three or four years yeah. Um, same thing, right? So it's like no matter who you go against, you're always winning. You're always the guy on top. Yeah. So in that way, like to create a superstar, to create somebody who's like, I mean, they did the same thing more or less, more, like not quite to that extent, but more or less with Roman Reigns, mm. right? You know, you you make him the guy is like he just he just wins all the time. He's like Superman. Um, and Goldberg was that guy in w, WCW. True. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically exactly that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's where, like, that's how you make superstars. That's how you mm-hmm. make your breakout lead star is you make him Superman. That's just the way it goes. You think about but, it, like if Goldberg were to come out there with the giant entrance and big hype around him and his first match on Nitro or whatever, and he goes against, you know, you know, some, somebody like uh, L Dandy or uh you know whatever one of one of their um really great uh, mexican wrestlers or some somebody who might have been a big star or let's say la parca or something who's a you know gigantic star in mexico or whatever and uh kind of in in a different position in wwe but comes out there and has a competitive match and then loses to El, la parca it's like mm-hmm. well where <laughs> how do you build from there you know so well, Not the saying, thing is, that, you know, La Parca and Bobby Roode, I mean, they're both like incredible wrestlers, but you know what I'm trying to get at is that uh, you don't have this guy lose on his on his debut match, you know. And you don't make him look bad because, I mean, I could draw a parallel to what you just said there is when when uh, William Regal was on his last legs in WCW as Steve Regal, mm. um, he had that match with Goldberg and, and he right. intentionally uh, messed around with Goldberg, like th- to the extent where that he wrestled circles around him to the point where he made him look like incompetent, uh, mm. partially in the match. And that was his pink slip, right? After that, yep. goodbye, goodbye. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you just don't do that, right? The thing is that this is your next big star. You don't make him look like a buffoon. You just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, uh, so it is what it is, but Alistair Black, Ricochet now, I guess, so if they've gone their own single ways, which is kind of weird that they have them win that Dusty Rhodes tag team classic and then they profile them as a big tag team kind of thing coming in. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden just break them up. Well, the thing is, I, I see the writing on the wall or I saw it already that they're not going to have them as a tag team for a long time. But this quickly to, you know, to dissipate, well, hmm, interesting. Well, yeah, well, because it seemed even that Alistair Black was put on Raw, I think, uh, with the Superstar Shake-Up. I'm not so sure. But then he was promptly moved back to SmackDown. And there was kind of some thought about that he's, um, I guess, uh, Zelina Vega's husband, supposedly. So yep. um, that they are... Uh, so, and also, on that same note, 
that they moved Andrade back to SmackDown because uh, I, I think that he was put onto Raw, and then one week later he was him and uh, Vega returned to SmackDown, and that was also because basically. Alistair Black is the husband of Selena Vega, and Andrade is the, I guess, the partner, at least, of uh, Charlotte Flair. So yep. they are, I guess, they had split up these uh, real-life couples, and uh, they got maybe a little bit annoyed and pretty ticked about it, because if they're mm -hmm. going to be touring in different places, they're never going to see each other, so... Maybe they did the right thing to put them together um, in that way to keep everybody happy. Maybe that's what they've got to do these days, try to keep people happy. So, But, but, but you see the cracks forming already? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I do. They've, they've never had this before. They've never had this kind of, like, how could you say, like, frailty in that WWE system. I, Vince has always been so strong in mm -hmm. the way that he's run the company, and now it's it's almost like, the inmates are running the asylum, the old WCW uh, stigma from back in the day, where if, if the if the talent is unhappy and they're able to call the shots, that there's there's some cracks now forming. And mm -hmm. uh, maybe this is the thing where now with AEW you know, coming around the corner, and maybe it's just that fear of competition that I have to keep these people happy, otherwise they're leaving. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but the uh, the other call ups now, just to go through them. Uh, yeah. 2019. Nikki Cross. She hasn't meant much yet. No. On that main roster, man. It's like I don't even think. Yeah. She, as far as I know, and uh, anybody out there, correct us if we're wrong here, and maybe if the news comes out after we have recorded this or whatever. But um, she hasn't actually been confirmed for either Raw or SmackDown. So she seems to be on quite a low, low priority, uh, you know, with WWE now. So really unfortunate. You know, what can you do there? Yeah, well, EC3, as I mentioned earlier, I guess Vince yeah. has not been very impressed with his development now on the main roster. I can understand why, because it's like he's mm -hmm. so muscle-bound that it's almost like his muscularity there's a certain stiffness. I mean, I can understand yeah. that. It's like I should stretch way more than I do, but um, and I'm not that that muscular, you know, as as somebody like EC3. But yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is that I understand the stiffness that comes from training and not doing enough, like you know, uh, stretching and whatnot to to take care of your limberness and your flexibility. Uh, and and for EC3 for that WWE style, he's just not. The way that he moves is too robotic. It's too stiff. Mm -hmm. It's too it's too Don Morocco like. Yeah, that's a good comparison. You know, it is. It honestly it is. Yeah. That it it's just not what you want to expect from a modern WWE superstar. So yeah. EC three, I don't know what his future may hold, but uh, under underwhelming to this point. Then the next guy, Lars Sullivan, this guy was supposed to debut. Mm -hmm. For WrestleMania, they had the plan, I heard at least. I mean, of course, the internet's always right and all this bull crap. But the thing <laughs> is that I heard that, that, that the um, the plan was to debut Lars Sullivan off of NXT and have him go up against John Cena at WrestleMania this past year. And uh -huh. then, then Lars Sullivan got panic attacks right. uh, at the shows. He, I guess he like showed up for work and he was supposed to be put on television. 
and right before he's got this panic attack and he goes home. And I mean, I'm not sure either Vince loves the guy and he just has has this incredible belief in him. Because back in the day, if this would have happened, you would have mm-hmm. got fired right then and there, man. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, you know, there was a lot of people thinking that he was going to be the next Brock Lesnar, you know, kind of filling in those shoes. Because just yeah. a beast, beast of a man, you know, there's no doubt, just look at the guy. So uh, in that way, it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, yeah, it's it's a tough tough thing to say, you know, when, when somebody suffers some kind of panic attack or mental issue out of nowhere, you know, how to deal with it. And yeah, and you're right that back in the day, the guy would have been gone immediately. So hopefully he can pull himself together and hopefully WWE is now in a way sensitive enough to, you know, treat, treat him or help him out or how, whatever he needs, uh, you know, we don't really, I guess, know the the full deal there. And maybe they'll never tell you because it's too personal. But uh, I I do also think that he he could be like just, you know, I don't know, maybe not the next quote unquote Brock Lesnar, but mm. he can fill that shoe of the you know the beast incarnate kind of kind of vibe, you know, because he mm. looks legit, he looks mean. And he is that typical uh, WWF, you know, giant dude. So um, hopefully uh, they can they can get him back on track. Well, a couple of more names then for this year's call-ups. Uh, Kyrie Sane just got called up now. Yeah, that's uh, right. And she's, I mean, she's short. You know, she's a smaller girl. She's fantastic at what she does, though. Uh-huh. Uh, and and really. I hope that regardless of her size, she'll be like the female Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I hope, yeah. I hope that's her, her lot in life because uh, for somebody with this amount of talent to be underutilized or to be like swept under the carpet on the main roster would be a travesty. Um, so now at least her debut, you know, with her uh, dropping that insane elbow on the Iconics and getting the win there over the tag team champs, I guess, you know, it puts her in place. It, it gives her, mm-hmm. you know, something to do with, uh, with Asuka now, um, which is good, which is good. Let's see where it takes us. Um, like I said, she's really talented. Um, and I would expect big things also from her former tag team partner in, in NXT. I think that's the next big woman's feud right there. And I think that that's Shayna Baszler's next loss of the championship. It's going to be to Io Shirai. And I think it's mm. well-deserved. I think that Io is ready. I think that she is uh, as good as good gets. Um, and she is like a definitive star also already now. Not just in the making, but already already at this point. Io Shirai, one to watch for. Yeah. And then the uh, call-ups this, this past year or not... Uh, this past year uh the call-ups now recently for the Mm -hmm. nxt brand the biggest name perhaps well not the biggest but one of the biggest um last but not least lacey evans one of my favorites Mm, um yeah now we're talking about the sassy southern bell and she's got her punchline now she's got you nasties you know she's got Mm -hmm. that nasty that she's throwing around she's got the woman's right so that right cross um yep she knocked out, or knocked down at least, uh, the the women's champion. We're talking about the star of WrestleMania this year, ladies mm. and gentlemen. 
Mm-hmm. You know That's who right. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I do. The man. That's Rebecca right. Becky Lynch man. Yeah, she she did. And I was always yep. like weirded out by these uh, catwalk things that uh, Lacey Evans was doing and thought they were kind of a waste of time and still kind of do. Yep. But I guess they have, you know, dialed her right up into that um, kind of a main event woman's division where she's uh, going almost like straight into a feud with yep. uh, with Becky. So interesting. Well, the thing is, I mean, she's fresh. Yeah. She's fresh. Yeah. And the thing is, like, this, this is like, this is the point where you take a chance, right? You, you bring somebody in who has no history yet on the main roster, and you just take a wild chance and see how they float. Yeah. And that's like, this is the initial push for Lacey Evans. And if she if she can uh, carry her weight, and if she can make this push mean something, uh, it it will be more than three months. Because nowadays, I think it's maximum three months that they give you. Like, if you don't catch fire in three months after they give you that spotlight, they'll drop you down to the mid card or, the, or then the uh, the undercard, lower card. Mm. But if if Lacey Evans can produce, and I, to, I hope to God that she does, she's really good looking. She's uh, got a fantastic character, great look. Uh, her her entire shtick is 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 very unique. And I think that she is like the next breakout woman star. Me personally, I just my opinion, I think she's the next one. So her against Becky Lynch, I smell a title change here at this next pay-per-view, Money in the Bank, I think it is. Do you really? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's in this match or then, because it's, it's, it's uh, Becky against uh, Lacey Evans in the, uh, in the, the one match and the other match. It's going to be uh, Becky against Charlotte Flair and both titles, the SmackDown and women's uh, the, the raw and SmackDown women's titles are on the line, uh, per match. Yeah. Right. So I think it's, um, one of those titles is dropping now. Hmm. Yep. I really think so. Yeah. So let's see, let's see what happens. I, and I think if, if you're going to drop one of those titles, I think that you're better off, Going with that fresh start, I think that you honestly are better off going with Lacey Evans. Yeah. So, well, all that not, said, think, you know, yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. But these have been your NXT call-ups and our analysis of the call-ups from this year. And also looking back on last year's call-ups, uh, the ones that we didn't talk about, by the way, were... Uh, Buddy Murphy, who did rather well on 205 Live as the yeah, uh, he did. cruiserweight champion. He's, he's really sharp in the ring. Just fantastic talent. His match, by the way, with uh, Vel- Velveteen Dream on NXT just a couple of weeks ago. Must see material. Must mm-hmm. see. Agreed. Great. Yeah. Uh, Leo Rush, also one of the call-ups from last year, didn't do much in the ring. They just gave him, put him as a mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley and uh, I'm not quite sure what to think about that. Uh, Leo is, I think he's too small for the main roster. I think he's like, well, Rey Mysterio made it, but Leo is even smaller than Rey Mysterio. So, mm, yeah, they got to find know. a role for him. And uh, I, I don't know if it's this mouthpiece role. So um, yeah. you would think if you're going to bring a guy to the main roster, you have a role for him. But uh seems as though they don't. <laughs> You know, for most of these call-ups anyway. Seems like yeah. they're bringing them up because it, maybe it's even in the contract or something that you spend this amount of time and mm. then you 
then you come up. So I don't know. Interesting well, stuff. Time will tell. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a blast once again this week with you on Shooting the Shizat. Catch us next week. We're going to be back with you. And we're going to have on the show, we're looking now just to uh, secure the time slot and whatnot. But we got the uh, the initial plan to interview Chris Bambi Killer Raybert, one of the top uh, international stars out of Europe and one of the top stars in Europe today. Right. This guy's been around for 15 years uh maybe even on top of that i think he just i think it i think it's like 15 now for with him anyway but the, the point being that uh chris was in the fcw system he was in that florida championship territory uh before it turned into nxt so chris has gotten uh also some schooling under dusty roads we can talk to him about all the good stuff about his experience in nxt or in florida championship wrestling pre-nxt he was in the same class as, um, what's his name? The, uh, da, 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 Alberto Del Rio. He oh yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, he's, we got some interesting stuff coming next week. You got to catch us here on shooting the shiz at, because with Chris Raber, the Bambi killer from Austria, we're going to have some good shiz at lined up for you. We'll catch no you people next week. <laughs>